imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal with your host, Kevin Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rocking about music, rock and roll, and cover power. The thing is, though... If you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with shot and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool. I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. It's That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact. We are all up in your face. It is time for the one, the only... Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it. Cool. Uh, Tonight's episode. Tonight's episode. I I feel like I need to (laughs) get a uh, more dramatic read on that. Uh, Tonight's episode, Lori Barbero of the incredible babes in Toyland. Really excited for this. Should be a good time. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's great. She's a badass, and looking forward to that talk. Cool. Thanks for, there's been a lot of, uh, recent activity in regards to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all that. Again, the archives, radioneutron.com. Uh, when the show airs is at radionope.com. This is yet another stay at home edition. Protonic Reversal, Patreon, patreon.com slash Protonic Reversal. It's not compulsory. You get the episodes for free no matter what. No sponsors, no ads. No kidding. But if you want to spend a dollar a month, you can get the episodes quicker. That's what the Patreon's all about. And there you go. That's that's the news. That's a different show. So that's about it. I want to make sure there's not as much time on this uh, Tuesday stay-at-home edition because there are other shows. So I kind of want to just sort of get to it. Let me, let me play you a tune. Then we'll, uh, we'll have Lori on and it'll be a, it'll be a good time. Oh, I uh, almost forgot. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you folks sharing the show around. That's how people find out about it. It may seem counterintuitive <laughs> to do it, but if you get something out of it, if you like it, that's how people find out about it. So th- thanks to everyone's been doing that. That's really awesome. Really appreciate it. Just, just thanks, man. Thanks, man. Okay, so let's hear a song. Then we'll uh, be out with Lori Barbero.
That's right. Sweet 69 off of the Nemesisters record. That's, of course, Babes in Toyland. And with us now, we have none other than the, the legend herself, Lori Barbero. Lori, welcome to the show. Hi. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? How are you dealing with quarantine life? How's, uh, how's, how's your quarantine? You know, being an extrovert, it's a little difficult. Being a bartender, it's difficult. It's difficult for everybody. Um, but, you know, and also, uh, I probably... I'm one of the only people I know <laughs> that it's just me. It's me in my house with no pet, no children, no partner, no nothing. Oh man, that's some like Kane from Kung Fu stuff. Like what? <laughs> what? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I do have the same birthday as Bruce Lee. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say no. No one's around to bitch you when you do karate. I suppose like, you know, or look at you weirdly. <laughs> I mean, he did Kung Fu, didn't he? What's it? Oh, that's terrible. He did. <laughs> did he? Yeah. But, but, yeah. but if you did karate, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the that's important thing. Okay. But, um, you know what? I am keeping myself busy. I just, uh, I, I have lots of tasks in my big old house that I've been meaning to tackle for a long time. I've lived it for 27 years, I guess. And so, uh, the accumulation of things and a lot of walk-in closets where you just throw stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. Then you open it up and everything just falls out like a cartoon and you go, oh my God. So um, You just I turn to the camera and go like, bah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you know, um, I have been just listening to my records and cleaning and cooking and just doing a lot of nice things to keep my time busy and I get anxiety when I think about reality, you know, but I just try and sure, distract yeah. myself and, you know, make the most of what I got under this, this, my roof. And yeah. So my latest project, I just went through about, I don't even know. I didn't count, but thousands, probably over five, five, 6,000 photos that. Oh, wow. Um, cool. Yeah bins and bins and bins of and so i'm just finishing up i'll probably be done tonight Ta-da. well that's awesome yeah, Ta-da. <laughs> exactly <laughs> well, sorry to interrupt the uh, photo sorting project to have you on the show but uh, I'm, I'm sure it'll still, it'll still be there later yeah no six weeks in but you know what i mean i just categorized and Good then god how many how many how many do you think you've gone through uh probably like i don't know five six thousand i don't know i have um I have thousands and thousands, and then I wrote on the backs of each individual one of them, like who it is, where it is, the date, if I know oh, any that's of that. Such a good stuff. idea. <laughs> so, cause, you know, when I'm dead and gone, just like my ancestors, my grandparents, you get these pictures. You're like, who the f is that? I have no idea. So you just throw them away because like, I don't know who yeah, that I don't is. Know. Who, who the f was that? <laughs> <laughs> That my that my photos people know that that yes that in fact was the Melvins playing at Grumpy's right right so, yeah that's a super smart idea like I, I that's uh and especially because obviously you're gonna know when you get the picture back and you're gonna be like oh yeah that's you know that's a great picture of you know Dave or whatever and yeah and then like you'll <laughs> yeah. know that at least the general time unless it's like film that's been sitting around for a dog's age. So that's yeah. a super good idea. Are you gonna like? Are you gonna do something? Are you gonna like a book out of them or something? Like, what's 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 happening? Oh, I don't know. 
You should. You should do it. I haven't even seen him, but you should do it. That, that's my yeah. That's my that, comment. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a few thousand rock and roll photos, so that could date back to the to uh, the eighties. So I worked at a punk rock club in downtown Minneapolis. So that's and I went and I graduated from high school in New York and went to shows there. I don't right. really have many in high school. I was, I think I I was just. I didn't really think about photos. I was having too much fun. Yeah, you're in the moment. But, yeah. but then w- when I came to Minneapolis, I just uh, I just had uh, some great, you know, I've took tons of photos of every single show when I was out seven nights a week. So I've got thousands and thousands of photos. That's amazing. That's actually really fantastic and something that, you know, I'm sure it's, it, it must be daunting if, if you're sorting through them, but by the same token, like to, to have the ability to instantly kind of go back in time and yep. and look at that's fantastic. That's really it's, interesting. It has been, it's been super fun. I was telling a friend on the phone earlier, I said, you know, it's, it's really fun to have these memories and it's really fun because I haven't looked at these photos. They got developed and then I got the pack back and then I threw them in a box, and then the box went into bins, and then I had like nine, nine, seven, seven bins, eight, nine bins, something like that, you know, storage bins filled with photos. So um, going through these, some of them I haven't seen in forty-five years. Jeez. So um, it's pretty crazy, but for some reason, I've always been pretty damn organized. <laughs> and for I don't know if it's my OCD, I don't know what it is, but these those. You used to get photos developed. You get them in these little packs. And on the packs that are with the negatives, I wrote usually who it was and the date and where it was. Um, on, that's on a, the, it's like such a small thing, but that makes all the difference in the world. That's crazy. Like I never <laughs> – I have so many just like – like everybody that, you know, actually, for the younger listeners, there were these things called cameras before there were phones. It was like the thing in your phone, but no, but it, it's, I have this, you know, just boxes of just, you know, everything mixed together, like this tour, that tour, this year, that year, who knows? It's all, it's all over the damn place. And it's, it would have been what they say, ounce prevention's worth a pound of cure, right? That would just an, an ounce of preparation would have, would have made that task much easier. That's such a genius Small genius, small form genius. Move. It's it is kind of crazy. I mean, I I'm glad that I was I'm organized like that. But I if I was really organized, I probably would have put them in photo albums. But I think once the band started in the late '80s, um, I had so I would come back with you know 15 rolls of film or whatever, and then I would just even if I came back. I mean, we were touring 10 months a year for 10 years, and so. It just kind of, I think that's when it just kind of went haywire and I just wrote on them and then threw them in a box and wrote on them and threw them in a box and yeah, I'll get to them someday, someday, someday. Well, six weeks. <laughs> Global <laughs> pandemic. Here you go. You got some time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's not, it's very darkly funny. It's not really yeah. that funny, but. <laughs> but yeah, no, so, so it was about six weeks ago yesterday was my, uh, was my, okay, well, someday has started. Yeah. And, uh. It actually, you know, it's an emotional roller coaster, though. There's a lot where it's just like, oh, I had to take off. I've had to take off a few days because there's a lot of photos that really just took a toll on me. Kind of heavy, kind of seeing things yeah. that bring back bring back some memories. Maybe not all of them great. Yep, exactly. If my life was kittens and no, I actually like dogs better than cats. I love cats. <laughs> I'm allergic. 
but I'm a dog freak Ola. But no, I mean, I really, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. And if, if I ever start going, coming, you know, just kind of going, oh, well, you know, whatever. Let's go. You know what? There's so many more millions of people that have it so far worse off than I do, and I'm just you just totally. Gotta, that's that's well, absolutely the way to look at it. A I mean, couple of paper. Yeah, I mean, because because if you think, because <laughs> you know, people have been. You know, don't don't get me wrong. Like I've, you know, like like many others myself. Like I've, I got laid off in the day job. Can't go out and tour. Can't do much of anything. But guess what? You know, I got a roof over my head. Like I've got, <laughs> you know, I've got like musical instruments and I like, got this show and things along those lines. Like I, they think I'm going to complain about it. There's nobody actively burning my fields or like you know raping my family or anything along those lines. I just got like wait. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, a dark turn. Sorry about that. <laughs> There's thousands. I mean, right now, right now. I mean, even just think of it. What's going on behind doors that yeah. nobody knows about? And it's or it. I mean, I'm not trying to be negative or horrible or go to the worst, but I mean, no one knows what's going to behind all of these closed doors, man. There are there are people and there are children and there are dogs that are all yeah. getting abused, and it you know, and we it's because and stress. You know, the stress, the anxiety, just everything. I mean, even in my neighborhood, we've got this, I don't, we have this little app called Next Door. Oh, God, Racist Next Door? Yeah, I know it well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's people just throwing their pets out into the street. Oh, come on. There are so many, there are so many posts of people going, this dog's running down the street. This dog, I mean, every day there's like 40 dogs running down the street. And usually there's maybe one every three days and every day there's so many. And I think people are just kicking their pets out of the house because they can't even afford it themselves. And they're just right. just full of their <sighs> animal. And I think I just need to, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have to do something. <laughs> I got to save everything, but I wish I could, but you know what I mean? So, well, and that's the worst thing about it is the powerlessness of it all, right? Like the fact yeah. that this is something that <laughs> you yeah. can be the smartest person in the world. You could, you know, have you could even have like have all the money in the world. It's not really going to make that big of a difference. Like it's just such a it's such a all encompassing thing. The only way you can really even get through it is if you just focus on the part you do have control over. Like you know, bucket one, yeah. bucket two, like they say. Yeah, we don't have control over anything. I mean, even it's the fact that people are protesting. It's like oh, you're protesting <laughs> something that's out of anybody's control. Sure, we shut stuff. We shut shut shit down. I'd love to shut your fucking mouth, but <laughs> I know it's, it's yours and we are not, I'm sorry. You don't have any money, but guess what? Nobody has any money, but guess what? We are staying home and we're being yeah. smart about not going out in public. And you people who are going out and protesting going, well, me, my, me, it's just these people that have always gotten everything they wanted since they were born. And they just go way. And yeah. then they get a spoon put in their mouth. You know, and it's just utter sheer. I want to go to brunch. <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ! Is that the most important thing right now? Like, um, how many lives would you like of other people who I guess says there's the problem because they're the main character, so everyone else is like an NPC, right? Yeah. Oh wait, but I want, <laughs> I want my haircut. Yeah, yeah. Oh, haircuts. I'm like, are you kidding me? Who doesn't own a pair of scissors? Yeah, come like, on. I mean, it's it, just, it, it, the the whole thing is is so ridiculous, and and I feel like I. 
have a tendency to dwell on it, but one of the only good things, and there's no good thing about this pandemic, is that everybody is in the same boat. Everybody's in the same boat. So, therefore, I don't feel so bad saying things like, you know, like, um, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not one to wish ill on anyone, but sometimes you look at these people and you like, you like to hope for a little natural selection, maybe, but... <laughs> Yep, and if they keep keeping it up, they're you know they're they these immortals. They're immortal mortals. That's what they think they are. Yeah, yeah. The rules don't apply to me. Those are that's for other people. Um, they're they're that's <laughs> so far up their ass that maybe they can't get the pandemic because their head is up their ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm gonna use that. Oh, I just did. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you just you just you just, you just broke that bit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know i could say that there is something good that's happening uh the air is cleaner the sky is yeah. bluer yeah yeah there's so much more quieter and it, there's just so many really unbelievably cool things that are happening from that i mean the people i live right in i live about a mile from first avenue in downtown minneapolis a mile and a half okay right um I can see, you know, I can see the tall buildings, the, the IDS building is the tallest building there. Um, you know, I just out my door, I can just look out my window and see it from my house, you know. Um, but there's people that are posting, you know, families of possums, families of foxes, um, fox, like literally foxes playing in my, my friend's yard at, right in the heart of the city. Um, little baby kits, you know, and the mom and they're jumping all around and it's incredible. I mean, it's going to be sad because all of a sudden they aren't going to know where to go or any of this stuff. But, you know, nature gets a little little taste of some fun for a change, you know. And um, even though, oh, hunting season has started, of course they have to have some hunting season. Don't stop that. Because <laughs> yeah. the, the good old boys need to go out and shoot some shit. Just the good old boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, what are you compensating for? Why is, why is this so important to you, really? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, but, um, so that's good, but, you know, everyone is in the same boat, and these people that just think, well, I don't have this, I don't have that, I want to do this, it's like, yeah, oh, okay, well, I'm glad that you are so much more special than the other 3.3 million people in the Twin Cities, you know, I'm just, I'm talking about Minneapolis, like the protest in, at the governor's mansion in Minneapolis, or in St. Paul. But, you know, we have three point three and a half million people here. Not 3.3. I think it's 3.5 million people in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and the Twin Cities. And, you know, just the fact that, that like, 600 people think that, that, they, that they are so much more important and entitled than anyone else, the three other three and a half million people in town, that, you know, I, I just... It's kind I of a mind blower, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't want anything to open. We don't, we, you know, I mean, it's, of course we do, but it's not going to happen. We have no control over it. Like, oh my God. Well, and it's just all these folks that seem to have no control over their, over these more baseline urges, right? You know, where it's sort of like you, you have to be an adult right now. I'm sorry, but you just have to. Like, it's, it's, there's, believe me, there's other things I'd rather be doing as well, you know, and, and it's, it's trying to, but trying to explain it is just, there's just like this divide that, and I think part of it has to do with the fact that, unfortunately, we're in a situation where people can kind of choose their news. and uh, They do. I, I don't think that's the best thing. Check the facts. Check 
just look around, you know, but just there's some people that only listen to A, B, and C. They've mm-hmm. never listened to X, Y, Z. Um, and that's okay. Sometimes I will listen to A, B, C because I want to hear what the F is going on there because I need, because it's reality of my, of our neighbors, not our friends, but our neighbors are not my, not my friends. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not speaking for everybody, but you know, and so, but anyways, um, yeah, the rock and roll scene, I mean, is, is now, <laughs> yeah. no, yes. no, no rock and roll, no rock shows, no, no festivals, no touring, no nothing. Touring. No, I, I'm sure I'm either one of the first things I said when they, uh, when they canceled South by Southwest, that was the first thing where I just went, holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, uh, I was, I was talking to Dale and, um. We're both like, oh, it's that's that's for real. <laughs> like once he can, once he cancels South by Southwest, like there's a lot of money tied up in that. Yep, and I mean that was that was the very beginning, and that was like the first thing, and you just go, oh man. I mean that was you lived I down worked, there for a bit, didn't you? Didn't you live live in yeah, Austin for a little bit? Yeah, and I worked at South by Southwest for seven years. Yeah, so you you got a you you know more than a lot of others that that's a that's <laughs> that was not an easy yep. call, I'm sure. I was a uh, an assistant production manager, and had seven to eight stages, seven, eight, nine stages, uh, every single year that I was the production manager for, and it was, it was the it was so great, and I loved it so much, and uh, I was yeah I started there the first year I was down there I was down there on I got down there on New Year's, and I had started within just I guess a few weeks after that i got interviewed by the woman who ran it leslie eppinghouse and um she did she goes you don't she goes you don't recognize me and i go you know what i saw i saw your name and now i look at you and i don't know if i recognize you i'm so great with faces but i said your name i who knows that name you know and Mm -hmm. what's up with that she and she goes i was a sound engineer at oh geez uh, the Satyricon in Portland, Oregon. No way! <laughs> ah, small world of funny. <laughs> Do your shows when you did before you brought sound engineers on tour with you. If you ever did that, and I was like, oh my god! So, but we just and she told me that after we did our interview. Okay. And, <laughs> wow. <laughs> now what's really what she told me? She, what the the clincher was. She, we talked about all these things that I had done, all these things I had done, and all this. And she said, and I said, and you know, in I, in two thousand two, I was Courtney Love's personal assistant, and was with her in Hawaii and in England when she got arrested for the air rage thing on Virgin Airlines. <laughs> right. So I, so I was with her for a long time. I was with her in, in Hawaii for a few months. She was trying to write, she was write, trying to write an album. And then Linda Perry came, Linda Perry. And I don't know, there's uh, Patty Schemmel and all that. So I was in Hawaii with her for a long time. Then I went to, uh, and then did that whole thing in, in London. And she said, she goes, Yep. If you, if you can if you can work with her, you got you can you can you can be the president. Right. <laughs> She's right. like <laughs> overqualified. She's and so I started the job and it was pretty fun. Yeah, like here's your trophy. <laughs> Thank you for your service. 
So, but uh, that was really, really such an incredibly great time for me. I mean, I just loved it um, working at South by Southwest and having all these stages and re, you know, crossing paths with old friends, meeting new friends, seeing bands I, I've always wanted to see and never got to see. And, you know, it was really, really hard work. Oh, my God. It was such hard work because so many of the bands were from other countries and you had to reach out to them. And a lot of them didn't speak English and trying to explain everything to them, like all of the rules and all of the information and everything. Was, <laughs> it's a lot to convey. And that's at the best was, of time when there's not a language barrier. Yeah, it was. A, it's I mean, the 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 groundwork you put to to do it is incredible and then they do it you know and you know it's kind of now back to its roots again um brent grelke passed away and leslie eppinghouse left and those were the two that ran it forever and now it's just kind of it's gotten back down to where you know i don't think they're gonna have a dorito stage you know what i mean <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> on the monster energy stage we have yeah <laughs> i've i've been <laughs> i've pl I played once once <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, I'm. Kind of, it's. I just. I don't know. You know. I don't even know who's going to play there this year. But I was going to go down there. I was invited to go down there. So I was planning on that too. And I was also supposed to go to Jamaica. Um, I would have gotten back probably like three weeks ago now. Because yeah, I've been in my house for six weeks. Uh, I go hiking, but uh, I've gone hiking in the past week. But for five weeks, I didn't go anywhere until I went out to the grocery store. And then the last week, I've been doing stuff because I got I got some masks and um, yeah I just really just wanted to just really play it safe for oh well I still am but I I did not I didn't go I didn't even go to the grocery store I didn't do it I went to the grocery store uh, the day before I decided I wasn't going to leave my house after my last sh last shift so for five weeks I didn't leave I, I didn't leave I didn't go anywhere. Man, that's the, I've I've talked a lot about things being like space station life, but that's real space station life right there. That's <laughs> just you and your pictures, you know, floating around yep. Mars. That's what I did. <laughs> it's better to float on Mars than Uranus. Ron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, I I feel like. Uh, we, we, and we jumped around like a lot of really interesting stuff there. And I don't want to keep up on all that, but I think it's interesting that like a lot of people that maybe didn't know babes in Toyland so much other than just from like the songs or the fact that it was a band don't realize, I mean, you, you've been kind of like, God, I hate to use the word, but like scene mainstay for like a really, <laughs> like a really long time. Like you've been around, you know, not, not just Minneapolis, but I, yeah, you, you mentioned you lived in New York for a bit. Like you've been involved in music even beyond just playing and touring the world and uh, putting out these records and, and especially at this very interesting formative time that uh, everything sort of changed. But you've been able to get like a sort of, I, I would imagine, longer distance view <laughs> than others <laughs> when it comes time to where, where, where music is at and things like that, you know? And, um, I'm really curious as to like, you know, what's your take? Well, obviously pandemic times is, is its own thing, but what's your take on, on things right now? Like where, where do you think music is at now? 
Um, right now, uh, I mean, right now it's screwed. Nobody can tour, and everybody's yeah. playing guitar at the camera. But you know, I mean, yeah, like... <laughs> and acoustic. And you know what? I'm I like rock and roll. So right now is not my time. Preach, sister. That's I'm I'm right there with you. I'm right there with Amplified you. music is really I mean, you know I mean of course my I see my friends playing and it's like good and all that stuff, but this I, I can only I can only I, you know. I'm an amplified girl. I mean my ears are ringing so hard right now from the my extreme tinnitus that I have. Um sitting in my house is just I have to it's so yesterday I was going, Man, it is so loud. I wonder if my neighbors can hear my tinnitus. I mean, it is. <laughs> that would be pretty bad tonight is, yeah. <laughs> really, it's so bad. But, um, you know, I'm a, I am like rock and roll. So this right now is not the time um, for my music. My, like, I, you know, I, uh, and I'm not saying that there aren't people out there that are doing great things. But, you know, I just, I like amplification. I like like the Melvins, I like I like Motorhead, I like Queens of Stone Age, I like you know I like rock and roll. Um, Prince, Prince, today is his anniversary. Four years ago, I was in Flagstaff, Arizona, the day that he died. Oh my God! But we can go back to that. But um, you know, uh, yeah. So I just don't. I I'm hoping that people are writing really good rock songs right now. But I think it's hard. I don't think there's a lot of anger right now i think mm-hmm. and roll is made for more like you know just hard life hard knocks kind of stuff i mean this is rough but i just think that um you know people are just having a really really hard time and i think that there's it's kind of more like i don't know the the xylophone and breathy air music <laughs> <laughs> like uh, vaguely sad pleasantly consonant background music <laughs> worst kid in the world i'm not kidding i'm gonna my my niece is seven years old and she writes a journal i asked her if i could read it and play a xylophone and record it and get be a, become a millionaire and <laughs> he didn't really understand what i'm saying and my brother was laughing so hard i will be a, i will be a millionaire i'm gonna i'm gonna read my seven year old niece's um diary and i'm gonna play the xylophone and go I went skiing today. It's just, just like this. And I get it. Um, I don't get it. I don't know. I mean, it's a thing. And But I just never really dug music that my my grandma, who was 105 and passed away a few months ago, you know, I just would never, I don't think that I would really like music that she would tap her toes to, like, or think that it was pleasant or pretty. Because, yeah. you know, Besides, I mean, I'm, besides the obvious, you know, there's great music. My grandma turned me on to Billie Holiday. My other grandma, my father's mother, you know, and well, my there, other... But there's gra- some meat behind that, though. And I, I think that that's, that's worth noting, the, the distinction, when it's it's something that can be, like, quiet music or sad music or whatever. But when there's yeah. something to kind of latch onto that has a little more, I don't know, it, pan- panache? I don't know. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Emotion? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't know, like, you can feel the, the genuine, you know, there's genuine instead of, it's just, yeah, I don't know. So, but, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think by the time that rock shows and music festivals can happen again, which I'm guessing is probably not going to be for about another 16 months, yeah, a, a year, a year to 16, I don't, 12 to 16 months, I'm guessing, um, 
then I think there should be some good rock bands. I really do. I think people are just writing stuff and, you know, I, but it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, when there's no amplification, you can't go to a, can't go to your rehearsal space and kick out the jams, you know? And so what do you, what do you do? I mean, I don't know. I don't write, I don't read or write music, so I can't really do anything, but, um, is I've listened to that ringing in my ears. <laughs> I put a little, Constant I put a companion, yeah. I put, I put a little drum beat to that shit. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, just just crazy, you know? I mean, it's it, I don't even know what to think. And, you know, traveling and, you know, just everything that has to do with all that. I mean, but the first thing I thought of when South by Southwest canceled was, oh, my God, they're going to cancel the Minnesota State Fair. And that's what these tears are going to roll down my friggin' fat face. I'm gonna be like sobbing because that is my that is my um, aorta to my Twin Cities life and love. I yeah. just I go to State Fair probably, I don't know, four to seven times out of ten days, probably to ten day ordeal. I love it and I've been going since I was a little kid. I have photo tons of photographs to prove it um, <laughs> but you know it's it's really it's the second largest one in the united states and it's just absolutely just the best um and so yeah that's when i i'm gonna be just absolutely heartbroken they've already closed the beaches for the summertime they've yeah. closed pools they you know we aren't in we aren't in Florida. The oceans aren't open. The beaches aren't are open. But you know, in Minnesota, it's, our governor is awesome. He's really we are so fortunate to have Tim yeah. Wells. Uh, he's good, and you know, because the president know doesn't know how to run the country, um, the governors are running the states, and so it's like kind of state by state. We're all going to become our own country pretty soon. <laughs> it really it kind of seems yeah. like it's going that way. <laughs> and, you know? and yeah. And there's going to be folks like South Dakota who will have to take in refugees from or something, you know? <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, just uh, it's just it's incredible. But we're very fortunate to have Tim Walls. Uh, he's doing a great job. And I, uh, we, we're just lucky. I mean, Minnesota, we're, we're, you know, we're lucky. We have, we have 3M here that makes the mess. We have... Medtronic that makes the the ventilators, you know, I'm not saying that we're getting them all, but it's at our back door, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so we have all of the medics and we have every, you know, we have Mayo Clinic. We, It's pretty uh, nourishing here. Um, and I feel pretty safe besides having a secure, really good security system in my house. <laughs> so that's that's good to know too, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I got it installed about six months ago i guess maybe thank god that i did there's it's on my garage and it's on my house and i secure and it's on when i'm in my house and without that i would be freaking out but i feel very secure and very content in my good i'm glad to hear it yeah so all right i want to make i want to first of all i want to honor the fact that like there's going to be a lot of people who be super pissed at me if I don't start asking some questions about the goddamn band. So I, I want to get yeah, to... <laughs> ask my goddamn band. Right though, or can I make my own shit? Just kidding, I'll answer them. Uh, no, no, this, I, I, I'm I'm curious too because you know what yeah. was about it was about five years ago that uh, you and Cat 
uh, got back together and you, you guys were playing shows. It was it was kind of going for a while and then it kind of stopped. I understand there was um you know there there, there was some light drama from uh, from the outside uh, in regards to bass player and then it it kind of seemed like there was there was not a lot of clear ideas about what was happening. Like what, what will you go on record and and say exactly you know from your perspective whatever you can about the babes in toyland reunion uh-huh. is it yeah. is it done done again is it just kind it of is, on hold like everything else like what, yeah. what's going on it is done done again and okay. it's done because um because quite honestly cat is an addict and she is not a functioning addict anymore so gotcha um that is the that's the bottom line. We we got together five years ago, and we, with the help of two, three lovely gentlemen in California, and they were they still are phenomenal men. But without them, we could have never have done it. They had our backs, and I lived in Austin. Kat lived in Minneapolis, and Maureen lived in L.A. And we'd go to L.A. because. Maureen had a daughter that she couldn't travel and her daughter was in school. So, and I was like, yeah, I'll leave Austin to go to, to LA. You know, I've got a lot of friends out there, but we would rehearse for a solid week. We had a rehearsal space. We'd go to the studio. Um, you know, it's like a rental studio space thing. Mm-hmm. We'd go there, rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. Then we did our shows. And then we had a bass, bass player change. And uh, Kat had already... She had asked somebody um, if they wanted to play bass when we were out at a show. I don't, I think it might have been maybe Lee Ronaldo at the Triple Rock or something. I don't even remember. Okay. It was somebody was playing, and all I know is that, that Gat said, Oh, I, I want her to play bass. And then she just asked her. And then from there, and then we had to take this was when we already, when we kind of already had a bass player. So then that. That went whatever yeah, way. Yeah, because you went. were you were playing you were playing with Maureen, right? Yes. So Maureen was not in the picture anymore, and then we had the Clara Salyer do it, and it rocked it rocked the world. And the last show that we did was um, that Cal Jam that Dave Girl does uh, in in uh, Santa Barbara. No, no, that's Santa San Bernardino. Where San Bernardino? Uh, Which is the one that's right right in LA it's like is that San Bernardino yeah San Bernardino County County but is there a town called San there Bernardino? is San Bernardino I think that's where they had the like the <laughs> remember the us festival I think that was San Bernardino if I, if I remember right okay. well I think that that's where the Cal Jam was too okay San Bernardino because I own land in the in Yuck Valley yes in San Bernardino. I've seen the picture so, on your Instagram yeah, so we stay, so we stay, so we drove out there. That sounds creepy as hell. I'm sorry. We <laughs> <laughs> no. um, went out there and played that, and then that was the last show that we ever played because that because after that it just it was just that was the that was the end that was all that that was the all the end of the functioning and it, that was really 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 a non-functioning functioning show. <laughs> so um, it was a great show. It really was. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was after that. It just, it went it, within two months, 
um, yeah, we couldn't even rehearse. There was not even, we went over and tried to rehearse and there, it was not even like, couldn't even walk 10 feet to get to a guitar. So, um, so that was the end of that. And I had booked, I had booked actually four shows during, cause the Super Bowl was here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I booked four shows during that, which w- would have been so much fun. And after trying to rehearse once, I was like, nope, <laughs> it's nope. It's, it's done. The past, the past two months have turned into, uh, into it's never going to happen again. And so it's really sad. Um, it breaks my heart and there's nothing I can do to change it at all. I don't, I don't even, I don't think anyone can change it. Even, I don't even think if she even tried to, I don't think that, I don't think there's any, I don't know. I don't think there's, I don't know if there's, I, I don't know. But, um, cause I haven't seen her or I haven't seen her for over a, a year. Probably she lives just a few blocks from me, but, um, and she's, you know, she's living her life. I talked to her a few few weeks ago. She called me and said she'd keep in touch. And then I never heard from her, but that's always how it goes. Um, you know, all these people had all these things saying, oh, I said that she disappeared. And I'm like, I never said she disappeared. I've never said that. I've never said cat disappeared. Yeah. I've, uh, I've never. Um, yeah, she just doesn't keep in contact and she never has phones. And there's no way to, you know... <laughs> Turns out it's easier when you have a phone to keep in contact with someone. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically, um, yeah, it's just, it's a huge drag and it just breaks my heart because man, we could be, we could be ruling, you know, we could be traveling and touring and having so much fun. Uh, cause when we did do it, it was really fun. But that last drive out to California, not so fun. No bueno. Um, even though the show is great, the festival was just a blast, and it was um, San Bernardino. Bernardino, by the way, I, I double checked it. It is okay. Yeah, yep. <laughs> it's gonna bother me. I was gonna like wake up in the middle of the night and be like San Bernardino, but yeah, I thought and you were so, right. Uh, yeah, so that was that. Pretty much was the was the clincher, and that's 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 the story. And um, now Clara has moved to Michigan. And uh, I actually don't know where Kat lives, to be honest. Um, but I, I, like I said, I just talked to her maybe like, no, it was probably more like five weeks ago. And she said that she'd keep in touch. She always says that and then she never does. And so, um, but just, I hadn't talked to her for probably seven months before that or something. But, yeah. So it's a drag because she's, she's like, I never had a sister. So I'm always like, you're my sister. And, you know, we're... She's she's wonderful and I love her. You know, she's uh, she's she's my sister. We've experienced more. We've experienced more together than I mean, as much as any other person that has traveled into her. We've done. We right. just we you know thirty years. We we were a team. Well, yeah, you you develop that almost kind of shared brain telepathy thing <laughs> that happens when you just play with someone for so long where you just can yeah. just, it isn't even like you're thinking about it. It's just snaps right yeah. in. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's crazy, but so that is what happened there. And, um, I don't know. Really it's really, that. yeah. So anyway, so, so cause, cause yeah, you guys started up, uh, 87. Is that right? Am I, am I, uh, 
believe so. I'm so bad with that stuff. You don't, you know, <laughs> you know, listening to the tail end of, um, was it Sweet 69? Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, do you know, I've never, I've, I've never listened to our records, so. Really? Uh-uh. Really? They're nope. good. <laughs> you should check them out. <laughs> I'm, I'm a weirdo. I've. I listened to him in the studio, and then once this once it left the studio, I never listened to him again. Um, and I've never watched videos. Wow! I've never read any of the books that any that has to do with us or anything. Um, I think I read I read the New York Times um, article. That was really one of the only things I ever read. I think it's because uh, my dad gave it to me or something uh something because we used to live in new york and that's what yeah that's a pretty that's a pretty big freaking deal especially yeah. if you're from, from the area i mean if you're not from the area it's still a pretty big deal but that's a pretty yeah big deal. and so he that's when my dad was really really proud and i remember him just telling me oh you know so i read it because my dad was proud and i tried my whole life to make him proud of me so that was okay. oh yay that's awesome I think that's really, honestly, one of the only only articles I ever read. And um, you know, this guy this guy wrote a book, and I I haven't read that. And he always he gets really hurt, but it's like don't take it personally. I've never even listened to a record, so you know. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's not it's not about you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and everyone says, oh, you know, you're the hero, and this and I'm like, that's that's fine, and I trust you, but I just. I'm a weirdo, and then and then people told me that um, that Johnny Depp's never watched any of his movies either. I'm like, see, we have something in common. Yeah, there you go. You got something to talk about when you meet up. <laughs> I just didn't talk to him about that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, life. You know what? If I died tomorrow, I would be like, I lived the a fucking totally great life so far. I've met. I've the I have great friends. I've experienced the coolest things. I really am. I call it luck, but I also where we, I worked really, really hard. And, you know, I used to promote shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, uh, Ian, cause I, I brought minor threat here in 1982. Nice. It's the only time they ever played in Minneapolis. Um, and so Ian just—he's putting a book together, yes. And he just—he was like, "What's the address of that place?" And then, yeah, and he's like, "You took those pictures he gave me, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course I took those pictures. I did the show. I put the show together. I was twenty, I was twenty-one years old, and I, I rented a hall, got insurance, and put this show together with Minor Threat. It was so fun. That's awesome. <laughs> that's so badass. <laughs> I mean, in, in like a lifetime of doing badass stuff, like that's a. Yeah, it was a hearts club that's kind of like a vfw but i i i found a plus space and i rented it and yeah i got it all together and they stayed at my house and we had so much fun um yeah i was 21 years old then and i'm st- we're still we're still buddies so yeah i'm pretty lucky and then i had, i had a record label and called spanish fly records yeah, and yeah. Yeah, all that kind of stuff from south by so yeah rock and roll has pretty much been my life I guess everything I I eat, shit, and breathe, right? like music. I guess, kind of. Well, have you been since 
the Babes in Toyland Redux. Have you been pl- have you been playing it? I mean, obviously you're not playing right now because <laughs> no one's playing right now. But I mean, have you have you been keeping up playing drums? Have you been playing with anyone else? Like, what's what's been going on in the program um, other than like sorting through pictures? <laughs> yeah, um, I have not been playing with anyone else. A because what? my tinnitus has been a little uh, bad. Yeah, yeah. But- I do have uh, custom earplugs. I think I need to get new ones because, you know, your ears change shape as you get older. Yeah. And I've probably had these ones for, I don't know, seven, eight years or something like that. So um, I need to, I just need to get new ones with different filters. You know, they just get old. And, um, but I wear them. I wear them when I work. I bartend at a, at a club, at a VFW, but they have a lot of rock shows there. There's a huge dance night there. And so it's always volume. Um, and I have to wear them and stuff, but you know, I had a drum kit and then I sold it in Austin, Texas because I had nowhere to keep it. Ugh. And then it is, it is so much more difficult when you're a drummer that way, isn't it? it is. <laughs> you have to, I mean, you basically have to rent a room just for the fucking drum kit. You yeah. have nowhere to put it. I had no rehearsal space. I rented a, you know, I was in a, a rented a bedroom, you know, I rented a room in a house whatever um you know i rented a space in the house it was open to everybody you know all the places but where do you put them where can i rehearse you know it's it's there was no rehearsal so i got rid of them and then i had a drum kit in the house but it left um like seven months ago when i kicked the drum kit and the owner out (laughs) (laughs) it was a match set huh Uh, I guess I shouldn't laugh. It's not funny, but, um, but no, the drum kit got kicked out too. Um, but yeah, you know, so I haven't, so I haven't had any drums, but you know, I, I can get some um, if I want to, but I just haven't even really thought about it right now, but I think I probably will need to play sometime soon. You should, least, you're a badass. We, we used to rehearse in my basement. Um, but now it's filled with artwork. I collect original artwork, and I have just pallets and pallets of artwork that I need to sell. So I don't really have any place to rehearse right now, but um, I guess I would set up a drum kit. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I, I have plans. I talked with two two ladies, and we have uh, we have something up of our up our sleeve. So maybe in like a year when we can rehearse again or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, remember, remember when there were their shows and practices? I remember that. That the, you know, that was, that was nice. That was nice when that happened. It's just, it's so surreal. Like you going, man, I wish that this acid would just. I wish I could cut. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Acid I've ever. Man, this had. stuff's really intense. <laughs> it's four-way window pane all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that's pretty awesome. That's pretty hilarious, actually. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just it's still six weeks in, and I'm just going really. I, yeah. It's just it. Um, thank goodness that we have technology, though. What would we do? What would we do if we didn't have phones and we didn't have FaceTime and we didn't have Zoom and we didn't have party time or whatever? What would we do if we didn't have computers? Yeah. We would watch, we, what would we do if we didn't have, uh, you know, um, Netflix and Hulu and, you totally. know. Totally. Like I, I, was, I was talking, to, I was actually, I was talking to Billy Gould uh, on the show uh, from Faith No More. And, we, and we, were, we were talking about that. And, and then he was like, 
and how his kids were like were bitching about something and it was like it was like look you got like netflix you got like all this stuff that you can do this is easier than like being in a van on tour back in the day yeah. <laughs> and i was like oh that's a really good way of looking at it <laughs> yeah yeah you know, we that's another thing you know what I do, triple dog, double, triple dog, multiplied by 5,000 dare you bands that are going, that are going to travel someday to go without a phone and to go without, um, like, a, a, what do you call it? A, um, uh, without a GPS? GPS. Exactly. No, no phone, no GPS. I, I fucking dare you because guess what? We never had that. We did not. Yep. We or maybe, you know, we did this last thing, you know, the last little bout. But we also had a tour manager and we didn't have to. We didn't drive, you know, we just whatever. Um, we don't have to worry about it. It was me driving, me stopping at truck stops and using pay phones and me like just reading maps. Yep. And, and you got to make sure you had you had like the most up to date atlas cuz in case they like close a road or something along those lines, you end up in some bizarre byway and Yeah. It, uh, seriously, it was insane, but you know what? I think it's amazing that I did it that way because um I learned a lot, I learned a lot of things um cuz I didn't have technology. Yeah. And I also have a built-in compass. I mean, I I went to my friends, my friend asked for a ride home super wasted a couple months ago and i brought them home to their place and they go how did you know where i lived did i tell you where i lived i go no and they go how did you i go because i was here like they go what nine nine years ago and i said yeah but i just remembered where you lived because i just remember stuff (laughs) your your, your brain's wired this is the way they retain that information yeah yep and so people just are they just go, holy freaking crap balls. And I'm like, yep, holy freaking crap <laughs> Holy freaking crap balls, indeed. Well, and it's, it's. I mean, the thing that's different that I, I would say from my perspective with touring is that it used to be that there were these long bouts of, you know, you're just driving through somewhere. It's not, it's not interesting looking at all. There's, there's, there's nothing to see, but like there's engagement with everyone. And now everyone's just like, whoosh, head down to the phones. If you're driving, it's like, well, do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> It's ruined. Oh, <laughs> people don't even know how to even talk or interact anymore. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's just it's horrible, and yeah, it's horrible. People are they don't even they don't know how to look at each other and just smile and say hello. Everyone looks even when they go down the street. If they aren't looking at their phone, they're just looking at the ground and they just look up and you just go hello and they like scream bloody murder because someone said hello to them and it's like right. Yeah. And it's just the weirdest thing. It, it, I don't know. It's ruined a lot of crap. But you know, I like it. I don't know what I would do without it right now. I probably would have uh, jumped off my roof. I don't know. Well, uh, I, I will say this: that when stuff does, you know, not that that, not that we necessarily know it's going to return to normal. But when we're able to congregate again, and when there's shows again, and things along those lines, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of folks that aren't going to take it for granted. At least for a while, for about two weeks, two, three, two or three weeks, people are going to be stoked. Be like, yes, awesome, and and credit where credit's due. That's that's Tony Ash is the one who first said that, and I was like, oh yeah, that's a good point. But like, I think that that's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see if that sticks. You know what I mean? With people start taking it for granted again afterwards. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I 
I just, I think it's really, I, there's, there are a lot of positive things about this. I mean, I'm really hoping that people just kind of reflect on themselves and reflect on each other and their relationships and their life. And, you know, all these people that are thousands and thousands and thousands, hundreds and thousands of people that are dying, you just go, man, you know, I, but, and everyone is going to get this. You're going to, I mean, we're all going to get it. It's just that some will survive and some won't. Everyone's going to get it. This is something that is, it's a virus that is so freaking strong at some point. It doesn't mean that, you know, we're all going to end up in the hospital, but at, right. at some point, everyone is going to be in con like have, have the virus. And, um, you know, it just, I just hope that people are really, we're just reflecting on stuff. I mean, I know that I am, and I'm really, really grateful that I'm, I'm, I miss my dog. I had a dog that also left like seven months ago. She, mm. she was up and, um, and died, but, um, so like seven, I'm like, oh, I wish I had my boxer, Memphis. Her name is Memphis. Mm. She was, so it's kind of, it's lonely without her and it makes me kind of like sad and stuff, but it's reality. So I'm home here and you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty grateful that I'm by myself because I don't know if I could have anyone else around me. I think I would be kung fu fighting. <laughs> exactly, you need your space, and that's that's an excellent callback, by the way. <laughs> circle. Well, talk. So, talking a little bit about uh, reflection and and retrospection. Um, you know, would you mind? I'm sure you've gone over it many times, but. Talk to me about around that time period, you know, in 91 into 92, right before you, you, you do the major label record, things, you know, whatever. They call it the year punk broke, right? They, uh, you had been around for a while. The band had been around for a while. You kind of found your voice, did the first album. Talk to me a little bit about what that was like from your perspective. And the reason why I'm, I want to bring that up specifically is because you're a stunning badass on the drums, like an aggressive, awesome. You've got your own voice. It's very musical, uh, but like it's it, you're a powerful drummer. And I'm always interested to talking to drummers in general, but also lady drummers. That there's a lot of stuff that it's like you almost need to like work three times as hard. It seems in, in some cases. <laughs> it's true. And I I want to know what that was like for your perspective. Like like how how was. What was that like? I guess is the, is the actual question that I'm like dancing around getting to. Um. Well, let's see. Uh, first of all, we were yeah we were living over in England in '92. We were living in North London, and that which was really great. We played you know our first tour to Europe was with Sonic Youth in '91, and our first tour that we ever did, uh, I had put I had done decorates and played in my basement. Oh, uh, nice. Keith's a very that, good friend of mine. He's a He's awesome. Who is? Uh, Keith, the bass player. He's a Keith good Rammer. friend. Yeah, Keith yep. Rammer. Yep. Well, tell him I say hi. I will. Yeah, all those guys. That was our first. I mean, they used to come to Minneapolis all the time. And they played in my basement of my house in the mid-80s before Babes even started. And I was just friends with them. I went to, you know, I went to all their shows. Um <clears throat> And I hung out with those guys. They always stayed with me. That's how else I got to meet all the musicians because I 
I let every band that came to town stay at my house. So I had a, like, re- it was great. I had a party all night. Bands would stay at my house. It was like the craziest thing ever. Um, but so we went, our first tours with Detroit Sun was headlined. And then it was, um, then it was White Zombie and we played first. So we played first, then White Zombie and then Detroit Sun. And that was super fun. And then we went on and we did, you know, and then we went to Europe with Sonic Youth. And that was really, really great because they were one of my favorite bands and going to Europe with them. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, sounds okay. <laughs> that You are correct. It just seemed like it was just such a big deal, you know. I mean, it was always like three, three women in a band and who play this music and they dress like that. And I go, you know what? I've been reading about rock and roll at that point for probably um, 13 years. And not once did I ever hear about them going five men in a band and what they, (laughs) here's our special men in rock edition of Rolling Stone. (laughs) It's just super weird. And especially about what they wore and stuff like that. Like, what does it have to do with yeah, what we wear? Completely irrelevant, it, exactly. We, are, we, are, we, we write our songs, we rehearse, and we perform. And we tour it, and we work really hard. We, we used to rehearse at my house like five days a week. I mean, five nights a week, we practice day in and day out and day in. I mean, by the time we went out with, um, with DeKreutzen, I'm not kidding. I think that we were only together for like, I don't know, less than a year. Like 10 months, maybe, or something? Dang. Yeah, dang is right. But we had already just been like, maybe maybe it was like a year. I don't have to see what the date is on that, but um, it was so crazy. So it, but it all happened like relatively fast. I mean, you got kind of... It kind of did. <laughs> and thanks to Sonic Youth, I mean, they really... We played at 7th Street Entry and all the other little places um, for free because no one ever paid it, you know, paid, played the uptown bar, which was really great. I worked there Yeah, um, for fun. We got a little money there. They, they paid pretty well. Um, but we played for free. And then once we went to Europe with Sonic youth, then that was when we came back and it was like, Oh, we get we, hundreds of dollars now to play. And it was really fun. And I mean, and it wasn't about the money at all whatsoever, but it makes you feel a little bit better that they appreciate you want to give you money instead of yeah. playing free. You <laughs> exactly. Know? It's, 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 a, it's a, it's a nice change up. <laughs> it does. But we've worked so, we worked so hard. We, we, like I said, we had to work like five times harder. It's kind of, I kind of put it to the, to, um, you know, let's say, Let's say a group of men from the office go on a business meeting. They all go golfing, and then they have martinis in the afternoon. That's a business meeting? Could you imagine if a bunch of women in the office oh went on yeah. business <laughs> and they went to, um, or, or the men maybe go to strip club and have whatever. I mean, that's a business meeting. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I know. No, I know. And, and women, what if women went shopping and then had lunch together? They would be fired. And so it's kind of just the same thing, you know, I kind of put that, that's the business world, you know, and then we were in the rock world, but it's kind of, you know, parallel with that. Yeah. It's like, it's a different set of rules almost and and different. And again, 
all the harm, all the harder to get any distinction or recognition for the stuff that you're trying to do, as opposed to these kind of ancillary aspects that <laughs> really have yeah. nothing to do with the with, with what you're actually trying to present and uh, what you're what you're successfully doing. But because you live in like this ridiculous, preposterous, uh, patriarchal society that focuses on you know, a nonsense, nonsense based economy. Uh, most of the time it's just, it's incredibly difficult. And, you know, you, you like to think that culturally we've made like some strides forward, but not really. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> sorry. As a dude, let me just say, sorry. <laughs> I really do appreciate it. I really do. Um, I'm aware of it. <laughs> it's, so, it's just absolutely, absolutely crazy. So I just always just been like, you know, when we when we got a contract with Warner Brothers, right, with Reprise, we got Richard Grable was our lawyer, who was Sonic Youth's lawyer, Madonna's lawyer. Um, I don't even know everyone he works with, but he rules. He was out in New York. He still is probably. We just saw him actually when we when we played up in Canada uh, a few years ago, and geez, I love that guy. He's just everyone who bat batted on our bat was like on our team. We really were so fortunate. Tim Carr, um, oh yeah, who was our who was our A guy. He was the greatest. We couldn't have had anyone any better in the whole wide world to be our head cheerleader. He was just he was the fourth member of Babes in Toyland. He was the greatest. Um, unfortunately, he's been gone for a few years now. He got murdered in Thailand. Jesus uh, fucking really? <laughs> wow. Yes. Oh my god, that's terrible. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, and then we had Richard Grable. So we made sure, and Tim already knew this because he just, he loved everything about us. He loved it, that he loved that I dreadlocks, that I didn't wear pretty pink dresses, have ribbons in my hair that I freaking had, you know, I wore cut off overalls and a freaking tank top and I had tattoos and wear engineer boots and what that mean, you know, he, Never said, you know, Laura, you should really think about, you know, you're in a female band and you're going to be, you know, never, not anything. He, he, I love him so much and I miss him so much. I really, really do. Uh, He was a friend before he was our A&R guy. I knew him. I knew him because he was originally from Minneapolis. So I knew him back when I worked at the punk rock club downtown. Um. And then he moved to New York, and then he's worked with he worked with everybody. He signed the Beastie Boys. Oh no, kidding! Wow, okay. Like, yeah, he's the best. He's the greatest. So, um, we found this. We got Richard Grable because no matter what Sonic Youth did, there was we. It was just like I will credit them for them and my and Minor Threat for probably a lot, a lot, a lot of me learning. You know, just, mm-hmm. just how, I, how, the, how things operate, how things work, how things fit together, stuff like that. Just observing and, yeah. and and just being completely my jaw on the ground, just going, yep, it doesn't have to be that way. Yep, it doesn't have to be that way. And really took their their passion and their smarts and their just a lot of things. And I just, you know, after just observing and really tried to make it our own. Right. And, uh, and so... We got, yeah, we got Richard Grable and we made sure that in this contract that we got 100% cre- creative, wh- what is it called? Artistic. Creative control. Yes. Yeah. 
Oh, you guys can't tell us that we have to wear this. You can't tell us we have yeah. to write songs like this. You can't tell us that we have to get a, a male manager to go on this tour with us. You can't tell us anything. Right. We're here. And there's no way you could have told us anything because I was in the fucking band. Right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And that's, you know, that's something where a lot of that stuff isn't really focused about or, or, or talked about, but there's this idea that it's it's almost like manufacturing consent, yep. <laughs> right? They they want to be they want to talk to you like they're your buddy, and then yep. what they're doing is they're they're gradually yep. taking your freedoms yep. away and uh, putting you yep. into a disadvantageous position. Yep, they were like, oh, we have this, uh, or was it our man? We had a manager that was out in LA for a while, and I can't remember if it was him or Warner Brothers. Like, oh, we have this guy that wants to do your video and this, and you're gonna have to go. I'm like, no. I have a roommate that is a filmmaker and he's going to do our video. Right. And that was that there was, we put our foot down. I was like, Nope, that was that he did our video. And guess what? He did. He's done every, he, he's won Grammys for Foo Fighters. I was going to say they're great. He's a good he did our sweet, he did our sweet 69, you know, yeah. a lot of it was, I, I, I had ideas too. He made the storyboard, but threw in like two, the two really the synchronized dancing one and having the 50s scene yeah, yeah. And, then all, and then the all women at first avenue just yeah. only girls and fill the place up those were those were my ideas and then the bird's eye view of the us dancing those those were my ideas um and he just fit them in there because he i already you know it, we worked together and he was my roommate and he was my friend and you know and after he did that he went on and now he just he just made a full feature film called Tuscaloosa that's doing very well. That's awesome. That's so cool. So check out Tuscaloosa. Okay. And yeah. get it, online. Uh, it is really a super good movie. It's yeah, it's pretty great. It's 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 supposed to be you know it's supposed to be like in the in the sixties I think sixties or something in Tuscaloosa, Mississippi. I think it is. Um, and that's, that sounds right. Yeah. It's it's really a good movie. I went to the I went to the preview. I mean, invited me to that Alabama. It's Tuscaloosa, and, Alabama. Uh, yes, Tuscaloosa. Sorry, I'm telling you, these photos. I don't even know what my own name is right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Better be written on back of one of those photos, huh? <laughs> Wait, you know, me, don't I? <laughs> I'm serious. My names and my everything is just mush. It's just like pudding. I'm just going, whoa, what? And it's I. It's kind of uh, oof. But anyways, after I get, after I get to let go of it and move on, it'll all. My, I'll get to put the put new files in my in my filing cabinet and delete those files because I. It's just been a, a whirlwind. But um, yeah. So anyways. So he did our video, and then it was, you know, it was really great. And Warner Brothers wouldn't let it get put on um, YouTube. It got taken off, and which was a drag. And what, what was their rationale? Just screw you? That was. <laughs> I, yeah, they just, I don't know. They just because they owned it, the song, or I, and they didn't want people to get it for free. I don't really know. Never talked to him, but. Um, but yeah, so then he went on and did really great things. But, you know, even our record covers, oh, this photographer and, oh, we're going to have someone do that. It's like, no, 
I know people in our my own backyard. Yeah. I know very talented people that can take our photo, that can do our layout, that can do our all of this stuff, our makeup, our videos, and everything. And you know what? They we help them. They help us. It's a win-win situation. It's not go. It's not spending two five thousand dollars to go to a photo shoot in LA. Yeah. Because you have to fly out there, then you have to put us up in a hotel, and then you got to do, you know, and then you got to pay that photographer. I got, we live here, and I know plenty of photographers that are. And it's part of the ecosystem. It's part of your. Uh, it's part of your world too, and it's yep. more. It's almost. Yeah, you know, yep. not almost. It is better in that way that like it is. It's something that's coming from literally, literally where you're coming from, and that's that's. I, I just, I've never understood why more people don't kind of take that stand. I don't know. No one thinks like I. I'm. I'm a weirdo. I well, think I noticed for whatever I'm, it's worth. So weird and that. but I mean, there's someone in your own backyard that that knows how to do everything that you need. I mean, seriously, you don't even even for electrical in your house or even for someone putting doing your redoing your floors. Don't go to a company. Ask a friend who, you know, just put something and say who knows somebody and help out somebody, someone else like a smaller. You don't need a big business to do any of that stuff. We help out each other. We're friends and we're a community and we need to help out each other. For sure. I mean, that's kind of what's all about. I mean, that's that's, you know, when I think about punk rock or diy or or whatever and i think about like what it's given to me like it's it's i just look at it more like as a life ethos rather than as a musical genre and part of that is supporting each other and realizing that how you choose like where you where you put your money where you put your effort matters yes it does i've never ordered a thing from amazon (laughs) yeah that's that's a i never have Never ordered a thing from there. I go, I go to, I go here, I go there. I don't, I don't even, you know, them, them boxing it up, putting all that wrap in there, shipping it, getting it to where it's going, and then someone driving it to drop it off at your door because you can't go to a fucking store. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's peak uh, idiocracy, which is unfortunately where we're at now, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> Can you so can you talk real quick about just uh, and I want to be mind, mindful of your time also, but uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, the the record about Fontanelle because I feel like the record you did with Jack and Dino was good and presented a snapshot of where the band was at, but I think that like that's I mean, that record's aged pretty well. I feel like I actually threw it on earlier. I was like, God, this slams. This is still really good. And I know you don't listen to it, as you established, but... <laughs> Which one are you talking about? Uh, uh, the, the first major label one, for Fontanelle. The, uh, uh, you did that with Lee and Brian Paulson? Is that right? Am, uh, am I is that the one that we did with them? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because our first record was Spanking Machine. Spanking and Machine then, is... The, yeah, that, and then there's, there's the Peel Sessions to... I don't know any of that. I don't know that records. Or anything, and then I think we had two mother. Maybe it was the other one. Yeah, that's the green kind of like lime greenish one. Yeah, yeah, yes. that's cat's mother on. I think or something like that on the cover. Oh, oh, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> wow, I just, I just, I never knew that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, that's that is a fact. And it's called two mother, and it's okay. All right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a quick um, study. Let's see. Um. You know, well, we went to New York and we recorded it with Lee Ronaldo. 
Um, I think that we were probably on tour and did a stop there because that's how we did stuff. We didn't do extra stuff. We just were like, oh, well, we're doing that, so let's just fit it in when we're already out there instead of doing a trip out there for nothing. You know, or maybe we, whatever, whenever we had to go anywhere, we would make sure that we had shows on the way there and shows on the way back. We, at one point, we were, we were doing as many shows as the Melvins do. You know what I mean? Just, except for we'd have a day off, but, you know, he's like, no days off. What do you do on a day off? You know, you just get tired and you lose money and you'd lose time. It's like, no days off. I needed a day off. What's uh, what's the Mike Watt saying? If you're not playing, you're paying? Yep. (laughs) Um, uh, I know it's Iggy Pop's birthday today. It me. is happy birthday, Iggy. Iggy. I um, love that he's got that Instagram where it says him and his bird. Just chilling out. It's the best. He's so cool. I just thought of that because he was on. They were on my stage for one of the South Bys with um, nice. Mike Watts. Yep, it was really great. Oh, but anyway, he was uh, playing with Stooges. Yep. Cool. Um, so. Yeah, and so we recorded, and, you know, I really can't, I'll tell you a story, but I can't tell you much about, I don't remember recording that much, because recording's just recording, you know what I mean? And then we did, then Brian Paulson, um, I don't even remember where we did that. Oh, that was at Pachyderm. Pachyderm, okay. Oh, yeah, Pachyderm, of course. Um, and Pachyderm, I, I loved it so much that, you know, I talked I talked Kurt into recording there. I was just like... Because he wanted to go somewhere where he where he didn't get into trouble that wasn't in a big city, and yeah. I said, I said, where we recorded, it is so great. It's right outside the Twin Cities. I can it's hang out. Falls or something, right? Like if I remember right. Yeah, Cannon Falls. Yep, it's about forty miles out of Minneapolis, and I said, I said, go there. You, there's they have it's the studio and you stay there and you can hire a cook to cook for you or just have a kitchen. I said it's it's a house with a really great studio and an indoor swimming pool. He's like, oh, really? And I said, and there's a little town with an antique stores and stuff where you can go to. Cause I know all the shit they like and all that. And so they, you know, they ended up going there um, because he just he wanted to go where he, it wasn't a city, you know, where you just get in trouble and distracted and all that shit. Yeah. And I went down there and spent time, and we had so much fun, and took him to Mall of America, and took him into Red Wing, took him to the drive-thru at McDonald's. He was craving McDonald's. <laughs> As one does, I guess. Sure, yeah, why not? Yeah, now I go, now I drive past, and I'm like, oh, I look at it and go, oh, that's the only time I probably ever did a drive. Now I get coffee at McDonald's, because I, but now, not anymore, because I quit coffee. Good for you. That was that. Was that difficult? I, it was very difficult. I just quit it like about oh, ten days, seven, eight, nine, ten days ago, something like that. I was just thinking I might want to do that myself, just just because. Yep. Like I haven't had any alcohol in like you know a month too, and it was like one of those things where I was caffeine free for like eleven years or something, which is crazy. Especially when you tour, people look at you like nuts. Like you don't have coffee? Like what the hell? It's like well, no. It's the- I love. Coffee. I, that's like, the if, thing. That's what brought me back is I legitimately like coffee. Like good coffee is freaking awesome. It's the best. Um, and I love it. But I was having bad stomach problems, so gotcha. I I cut it out to see if it's going to make me feel better. So I'm just I'm you know it's not going to happen overnight. But and if I don't feel better, I'm gonna fucking drink coffee again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rad. <laughs> um, but anyways. 
so yeah, so Pachyderm, and that was just, it really was just a great experience. And um, yeah, and Brian Paulson, he also did the Slint album. Yeah. So he was a friend. He was originally from Minneapolis. He was in a band with uh, my one of my ex-fiancés. And so I knew him for years also. And so we just work with people we know. We don't work with strangers. And we knew Jack, you know. Um, yeah, you know. Well, didn't you do uh, the last the Nemesis Sisters record? Didn't you do that at um, at Amrap? Didn't you like with the, when there was a when there was a studio? Or am I off base here? I don't know. Lori, <laughs> <You're laughs> come on! <laughs> I, really, I really don't know. Can you Google it? <laughs> I really, I'm serious. I I really don't know. I haven't I haven't even looked at the album for. I don't even I don't even know what. To, with Nemesis Sisters, what is the... That, that's is, the one that's got uh, oh. that's got 369 on it. And um, uh. it's got uh, uh, the the Nile Rodgers... Um, okay. What's that? Uh, we Are Family. It's got that uh, uh, sister side. Okay. Sorry. I'm just... That's okay. Um, <laughs> one where, where we look like... It looks like a sideshow banner. Yeah, it's like a, like a circus looking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. And then uh, my friend painted that. It's pretty good painting cool. also. Cool cover. Yep. I love it. He, Dan Kalal, he's in Minneapolis too. See, we have we just have everyone do all of our get sorted. Yep. Um, I can't tell you. Th- I don't. I have no idea where that was recorded. I don't know any. I really don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. I cannot answer that question. That's fine. Well, talk to me about like where you're at, like in in the band. So that's like what ninety five. Um, okay. And. You know, you've been doing doing a lot of touring. There was, you know, uh, the Painkillers EP that came out. Like it was like after after Fontanelle. Like you were you were hitting it pretty hard. What was the what was the mindset with within the band around that ninety five nineteen ninety five like era? Um, I think I, honestly, I never really had a bad time touring. Um, we cat and I got along great, and some of the bass players they're a little rough. Um, but you know, it was you know, I mean, it's just some were really friendly, and some were just kind of not as friendly, or they had their you know, it's just was it's hard sometimes. It's just it, I don't know. Um, because they would come and they'd go, and they'd come and they'd go. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, one time, yeah, one time Maureen said that she had to quit because her eye. Uh, hip deteriorated and she doesn't have a hip anymore but last time i saw her she was walking she had a hip anyways um so then she was gone and then i can't think we hired someone that cat or i didn't hire anyone cat hired this person and that was uh can i just say a fucking nightmare um, I think that was, I think that was right after, or it was maybe the second one after that, but, uh, and then we went to Europe with that person and it was kind of, it was a fucking nightmare. And then, uh, I think then we maybe took a break again and then that's when, then, uh, and then everything went to hell for a little bit. Um, Kat pulled some shenanigans and then I, yeah, then I didn't talk to her for, I think like seven years or something like that. Yeah. There's a pretty big break there for it seemed. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, and then I just, I, I, for, I forgave her and, oh, it's because it's because Tim, uh, cause Tim Carr, um, 
died and I called her and then mm-hmm. I just let after I talked to her I just had to let everything go because you just you have to let things go and you have to you know it'll eat you up and, if you don't yep and just told her and I just said you know what no fucking bullshit and I'm gonna I'm I've always been straight up with you and I'm still gonna be straight up with you and I know your shenanigans I know your games I know all this shit especially as time has gone on and you're getting older and you're getting more deep into the things that you've been doing and your age and everything is just like you girl you need to get it together but you know um so we just it just kind of went from there we just kind of chatted and there was kind of pondering you know and all that and then those really kind gentlemen out in in California helped us and I've never I'll never forget them they're wonderful wonderful people and uh and you know so um but yeah I mean we really I'm not kidding I told Kat day one when we started rehearsing in my house I said I just want to let you know because I never it was probably even before we even did a tours before we went out with Decreutzen and White Zombie I said I'm doing this. It's super fun, but I made the decision back in 86 or, or 87 or 88, whatever, 87, when we started. I said, when this isn't fun, I'm not doing it. Right. I said, I'm just, I'm not going to do it anymore when it's not fun. And then after that California thing, it was not fun. And, yeah. and, it, and uh, not only was it not fun, but it was also, I just knew that it was, that, that it was pretty much physically impossible to happen again. So, uh, and yeah, a big sigh. I know I get, I get sighs too. I, I really do. I've seen all these really great pictures and it, you know, it upsets me and, um, all my photos of all that re- really great. I mean, they're really super great memories and stuff, but it makes me really sad because it's like, well, that's also something in the past. I'm not throwing dirt on it, but yeah, yeah. it's just kind of, it's just really sad because I was just. I would just hope that, you know, she would just want to choose to have a better life and have more fun and stuff, and it just didn't happen that way. And we had a great time for for many, many, for almost three decades, for three, you know, because we took that break. But, you know, we had, I, I'm like, I'm telling you, I, really fantastic. And like I said, if I die tomorrow, I really don't really have any regrets. Um, and I will be very happy. I'm very content. I've met the nicest people. I have done the greatest things. I have experienced and traveled and lived and tried to, you know, I've just, it's pretty, pretty, pretty fucking great. I mean, even, even when my dad and my grandpa, my dad's been gone for 28 years. My grandpa has been gone for like 30, 31, 31 years. I think, um, and the Melvins were over for Thanksgiving when they were both alive. We all had Thanksgiving together. So I've known them for That's uh, awesome. forever and a day, plus plus five minutes. <laughs> 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 but, you know, I mean, it's just and just to have those friends that you've just crossed paths with hundreds of times yeah. through decades is just really super great i'm just just right back up like where you left off too which is always that's and that's that's kind of i feel like that's an aspect of playing in a band that maybe doesn't you know doesn't quite get a focus on but the fact that you get these deep like in the trenches kind of friendships with people and then you can and it's 
it's something where you, you don't see him for like a year and then like it's just hey what's going on oh cool you know <laughs> and there you yeah. are and it's 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 an amazing thing that music can do that yeah yeah that was that was even before babe started uh, having thanksgiving with them but you know it's just i just went to all the shows and bands would stay with me and it was just all these things you know but yep super friggin great wouldn't trade it for the world i've my you know grateful well, I wouldn't you know, trade this conversation for the world, and thank you, Glory, so for uh, for agreeing to do it. Thanks. I anytime. Been really nice to talk to you. Thank yeah, you so like, much. Likewise, and I'm I'm very I'm very eager to see what what all comes of the photos. You have to you have to come back and give an update about that because I, I, I bet it's going to be pretty badass. Okay, I will keep in touch. Will do. Stay safe, please. Okay, dear everyone. Everyone, be safe. Bye bye. <laughs> Take care. Yep, bye. There she goes. There she goes. That was awesome.
Well, all right, all right, all right. That was Bruce Violet, and before that was Bluebell. Featuring Lori Barbero. The one of a kind, completely awesome, totally badass Lori Barbero. That was great. I really enjoyed that. Hope you did, too. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another stay-at-home edition of Kona Transportonic Reversal. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Appreciate your time. RadioNeutron.com for the archives. The show airs on Radio Nope. As we come to the close of our broadcast day. Patreon.com slash Protonic Reversal for the ability to get the episode sooner. Dollar month gets you there. I'm not very chatty right now. I don't know why. That's fine. Signing off. A bunch of great stuff coming up. Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. Thanks, Anyone folks, sharing this voice. show around. Appreciate all of you and the, the kind words. And I've got your time. Fifty thousand watts of power. The show's on Spotify if you that's a thing you do. Reviews and follows and stuff help people find the show, but it's kind of gauche to ask, isn't it? This microphone <laughs> turns sound into electricity. Most importantly though, just stay safe out there. Can you hear me now? And take it out easy. On Route 128, dark and lonely. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? 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 The radio.
Welcome to my top ten. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl! It's the, it's the end of radio. The last announcer plays the last record. The last what? Leaves the transmitter. Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now? If there's no one there to receive It's the end of radio As we come to the close of our broadcast day Thank mm-hmm. you.